Stunt Podcast. Hey everybody, it's Matthew, and I'm back with another Fantastic Sense Spotlight. This week, my guest is the mixed physical and digital artist, Art by Mitrai, who also goes by the name Indrani. Indrani and I talk about her creative journey, how she came from India to the US, started working in IT, started a family, and how art has always accompanied her uh, as a side project, as uh, a way to express her passion for life. It's very interesting to note that Indrani's work has all been physical up until recently when she joined Maker's Place and started publishing digital work and then mixed physical digital work. Her story is inspiring, and nothing is more inspiring than the fact that she creates everything on her mobile. If there's anyone out there wondering how they can become a creator and worrying that maybe they don't have the tools, just listen to this episode. Indrani gives away all of the apps that she uses on her phone that you can use as well. It's unbelievable what she can create with her phone. We also get into a lot of the other artists who inspire Indrani. She literally shouts out tens of creators. So listen for your name to be dropped. And without further ado, I really hope that you all enjoy my conversation with Indrani, aka Art by Mitrai. Okay, and we're live. This is Matthew, and I'm back with another Scent Spotlight, the podcast where we're highlighting the best creators on Scent who are doing amazing things both on Scent and off Scent. My guest today is very special. Her name is Indrani, but you're probably more familiar with her handle on Scent, which is Art by Mitrai. Welcome to the Scent Spotlight. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Me too. Happy to have you. So the first question is always the toughest, um, but if you could tell the Scent audience who Indrani is, who you are, and maybe you can go into a little bit of detail on your creative journey up until now. Yeah, the question is tough. So I I come originally from India, um, Calcutta to be precise. It's called Kolkata now. I'm currently in the United States. Um, my creative journey is very separate from my professional life. So professionally, I'm, I do something completely different. Um, but art has always been my um, go-to uh, activity. It's, it's something that I spent a lot of time in my childhood um, outside studies. Um, I wasn't much of a sports, sportswoman, so I used to read a lot and I used to paint a lot. Um, I never did uh, continue to build art into a professional profession. Um, it sort of always stayed on the sidelines till about last year uh, when uh, Rio Maito actually reached out to me, Maker's Place reached out to me. And then uh, that is when, you know, I actually commercially started uh, publishing my art. Till then, it's always been for home, for greeting cards, for, you know, presence to people. It's always been like that. And I never actually went through a formal course anywhere. It's, it's something I just developed on my own. Oh, wow. And before Maker's Place had reached out, had your creative work purely been digital? Have you done mixed physical work and digital? Or So I only started digital after I joined Maker's Place. <laughs> That's so fascinating. That's so amazing. So what, what sort of work were you creating prior 
to joining uh, Maker's Place? I did, when I was um, young, I did a lot of pastel work in uh, watercolor and oil. And then, you know, in the later years, um, of course, you know, family always took precedence. So whatever time I had, I mostly, I like doing a lot of watercolors. Watercolor is my favorite medium by far. So I did a lot of watercolors. I did a little bit of acrylic um, much more later, like the last three or four years. Um, But yes, um, my primary medium has been watercolors and maybe a little bit of pastel work here and there. I'm very curious. I mean, obviously, crypto art is something that is relatively new. Um, Digital art has a little bit of a a longer history. But I think it would be really informative for a lot of artists out there who maybe now are thinking more about crypto art just because the numbers continue to to increase uh, for especially for a few artists. Um, The market is is increasing day by day. Um, But what was that transition like? going away from the physical, uh, away from using like watercolor to doing purely digital work? So, uh, I mean, I would be wrong to say I do purely digital work. Um, Some of it is purely digital, but uh, quite a few of them is a mix. Like I would sketch and I would do a little bit of basic coloring and then I would sort of transform it into digital. Um, it is a steep learning curve, uh, especially if with you know artists who have never used digital media. It's a steep learning curve. It does not have the same kind of uh, what should I say? Um, I, I never get the same kind of feeling that I get when I work physically with colors and pencils and paints. Uh, that tangibility is not there. You know the smell, the touch. Uh, you know that. Uh, freedom like when you wet the paper and you put the paint you don't know how the paint is going to behave right you go with the flow but with digital media it's a much more control like it's a more under your control over what you're doing um and i think a lot of artists will find it very uh very uh what is what should I say, rewarding because uh you know the plus points of digital media is like if you make a mistake you can go and actually redo it right but with physical media you can't you just have to throw it away or you have to do something to convert it into something else right so um i mean that is a that is something i really like about digital media i also like the fact that i can create a base work and then i can reproduce different things from it uh with physical media it's not possible um but yes, it has been a steep learning. It's still a steep learning curve because I just sort of put my foot into 3D and um, generative art. And even though my background is information technology, it's still very difficult because I have never done coding like that. My coding is more like scripting. So this is this is a different thing altogether with a lot of math involved. So... Um, yeah, it's 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 a transition is a little difficult, but I'm sure you know once you transition into it, it it has its rewarding moments. Well, just looking through your your history on scent over on Maker's Place, there's a few things that strike me. Obviously, the first thing is your use of colors. Uh, whether you're reproducing a a watercolor and you're digitally enhancing it, or you have something that's that's purely digital. You're, 
use of colors are just so striking <laughs> and they really hook the, the viewer. They're, they're quite beautiful, the scenes. Um, there's also a really interesting elements of texture. Run Like the Wind is something that uh, I guess like the gradients, the direction of the color, how they're situated on the horses in the background. It's just, it's something that I, I didn't anticipate like seeing or noticing in, in digital work that it's quite beautiful. Also your, your use of symbols, uh, is, it seems to be uh, quite intentional and specific scenes from, from life. Uh, there, there's, it, there's a lot going on in your work. There seems to be a lot of experimentation as well. Like, do you think that you have your own particular style? Do you think that you're experimenting towards a style? Or like, how do you think about your, your creations? I personally don't think, I, I, I personally never think of a style when I'm working. You know, there are, um, I, I've, I've gone through uh, many conversations like this, you know, since I've joined the community um, that as an artist you're supposed to have a style you're supposed to grow towards a style and then develop from there uh, but when I sit to create something I don't think of a style I it's more like what is best suited to express my idea I have the scene in my head or I have this idea in my head and how do I best express it and yes I love color um, I like the contrast. Like if you see, look, look at my pictures. It's like, there's a lot of contrast. There's a lot of reds and yellows, um, and greens and, uh, you know, very, uh, bright greens. Um, I like color. I like bright things. Uh, I like pretty things. So whatever I create, I try to make it pretty. Um, I also, um, sort of navigate, I gravitate to a subjects that are, familiar. Um, I read a lot of poetry, so I like expressing the poetry in my art. Um, also, you know, my experiences, my thoughts. Uh, when I sit to paint, I never think uh, that, you know, I have to stick to a particular style or, you know, this is my style. I have to do it in this way. It never enters my head. So, um, I mean, that is probably why I don't sell as much, you know, as I should probably, but that is not what, uh, uh, sort of motivates me to paint. My painting is more like a intrinsic part of myself. Like if I don't do it, I feel uh, restless. So um, it is not a commercial thing for me or, you know, I have to sell it because I'm creating it. I just put it out there. If you like it, you take it. If you don't, I will still keep on creating. I mean, that's, that's, that's the way I feel about art. Each artist is different that I, I, I when I ask them that question revolving around style uh, how do they think about their own work like where does the creation come from it's amazing it's some people like yourself it's they have this vision in the mind and they're just trying to get it out in, in whatever way is possible other people have uh, they're, they're purely experimenting they have the black or blank piece of canvas or they have a blank screen and they're they're going and, and seeing what 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 develops based on trying this or trying that it's everyone is very unique it's it's very and i i i know what what you're talking about there were a couple of times when it's been like that especially with manipulation when you take a picture and you manipulate it you actually don't know what's going to come out of it 
So yeah, so symphony is one of those. I never, I never actually had that idea in my head. It just came out of nowhere. Uh huh. And maybe I'm guessing like Gossamer or something like that would be. Gossamer, Gossamer was very deliberate uh-huh. because oh, okay. um, I'm learning processing, so it was very deliberate. Like I, when I wrote the code, I exactly knew what I want the code to do. <laughs> okay, okay. And then, well, I mean, well, you do mention that you're you're experimenting with different forms of of digital media or digital art. And well, what is what is driving you to to try these these different um, like newer forms uh, of digital art? Is there anything you see something and you want to try to do it yourself? Or so the first thing, the reason why I sort of um, gravitated to digital media because of my time constraint, I don't have the time to sit and paint somewhere. Mm. Um, most of my paint, most of my creations are done on my mobile phone, which is an Android. Oh, wow. Um, I usually do it always on the go. Like I'm dropping somebody off somewhere and I have to sit there for two hours or an hour. I'll be painting. A painting on your phone. Yeah. Painting on my phone because, um, I know my laptop doesn't allow software downloading. So, um, and I don't uh, actually own a laptop. Our laptop is a family laptop. So um, everything is done on the phone, except the processing. Um, I sort of started learning processing because um, I see possibilities with it. You know, you create the base image and then you can use that language to do a lot of work. But that is going to progress really slow because, like I said, I don't have time to sit somewhere and actually concentrate and write a code and execute it and debug it. That's work. That's a lot of work. (laughs) Yeah, and that's also like my work, right? My work is like that. So (laughs) I'm like... I, I sort of in a double-minded right now to actually go in and try it with um, the kind of, you know, concentration I should because while I was creating Gossamer, halfway through it felt like work. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm just, I mean, I'm still stuck on the fact that you're creating a lot of your work on your mobile. I mean, for me, I, I do everything on my mobile as well. I write posts. I, I, I basically live on my mobile. Uh, I'm, I've been in Asia for for many years and it's been just like a natural thing. I have this very powerful smartphone, very fast internet. It's just very convenient versus having this this laptop that you need to lug around. But the the fact that you're you're making these beautiful images on your phone, I feel like more people need to know that. I feel like that that adds just like a something extra to what you're creating because that was totally unexpected. So what what sort of programs or tools i'm not sure how detailed you want to be in in uh, revealing your process uh, but i'm very curious uh, what what are the tools that you're and apps that you're using on your phone to create so i use a lot of autodesk sketchbook the free version i i use it a lot and um i tried moving to um you know photoshop the one which they let you download on android I'm, I just, I'm the kind of person, you know, I, I, once I get used to a program and I know exactly what is where, it's very difficult to move to another program. So I use that a lot. I use um, something they call a magic lab. I don't know if you know about that program. It's, um, 
basically allows you to take a picture and um, sort of manipulate it. But I have tried that. It's just that, you know, again, you know, I like creating everything from ground up. Mm-hmm. So uh, that, that those doesn't, doesn't sit well with me. I will try it and then I will say, nah, it's not working. Um, which is why um, I did a couple of um, compositions with Photoshop mm-hmm. uh, with pictures, and then I was like, no, it it doesn't it doesn't work. <laughs> it, it doesn't give me the same kind of you know satisfaction or same kind of um, feeling when I use my own pictures on my own drawings and then do it right. So, I mean, going into Pixabay and taking pictures um, and doing it. But I, the problem with me is that I take that picture and I draw it myself and then I will do things with it. <laughs> oh, that's funny. So <laughs> this, is, this is a tricky question. I'm not sure how, how you answer it. Um, but I, I like asking this to, to artists because I feel like even though, I mean, especially in your case, every piece seems to be very different and very specific. But I like to believe that there's a part of the artists themselves that, that's somehow captured in the works that they create. Um, I, I don't know. You can look at your work generally or you can look at a specific piece. But I'd be very curious to hear how you see yourself uh, in your work. There are a lot of pieces actually that I've created that if you read the definitions, the, the writings, I mean, those are from my experiences. Um, there is one that says what's cooking. It sort of speaks about the way, you know, I learned cooking from my mom-in-law and my mom and my aunt. Um, so um, that is part of, you know, an experience that I've come through. So I, most of my pieces are very few are sort of, you know, let me try, let me do this and see how, what it works out to be. Um, a lot of them are usually born out of ideas or experiences that I have had or certain things that I've thought about when I was reading something. And well, well, pulling back from the actual creative process to like digital art and crypto art specifically, rather, since you were very new to digital art before crypto, I'm just curious, like, what was the the learning curve for you like were you familiar with crypto before maker's place reached out or was maker's place and the introduction of crypto art your first introduction to crypto as well so i i was familiar with blockchain okay i work in info, inf, information technology so yeah if, you know you hear it and you learn about it and there are people working on it they talk about it so I was only, it's just that um, I didn't realize that, it, you know, this could be used uh, the way uh, crypto art is using it. Now that they're using it, I see, yes, you know, there are other possibilities as well. Like other places can use it the same way, uh, you know, artists are using to uh, sort of digitize and find their work, right? But um, I mean, I've, I've heard about it. I heard about that. Um, you know, cryptocurrency and blockchain, but I never really um, sort of delved into it or, you know, was part of the community or anything. Mm-hmm. And, and well, I know you, you, you don't share your work on Maker's Place um, like purely for in the pursuit of profit 
uh, you have very, very strong intrinsic motivation and a, a need uh, to, to create the art uh, to satisfy your, your, your own personal cravings for it, right? Prior to Maker's Place, had you been sharing any of your work previously, or do you think that the crypto art is just, it, even if you don't really care about the money, it's a great way to kind of motivate people to share publicly. How do you think about that? I think it is. Um, even though, you know, if it, even if like the art doesn't sell, I think, you know, I would like my art to be my art, right? I can, I do not want to share it publicly and then have it picked up and somebody else says that I created it. Yeah. So that doesn't sit well with me. <laughs> So I think that that is, that is I, I did upload a few in Saatchi, but those were like physical pieces. Um, but um, I was very uh, wary of doing it because I did, I have heard stories about, you know, things getting out there on the internet and um, being attributed to the wrong person, right? So yeah, I was wary, but that, this this um, makers place has taken a lot of it out, even though I still have some um, you know reservations because there are things you can do right. You can take the art and actually can manipulate it just enough so that the blockchain doesn't realize it's the same art. But still, to a large extent, um, I think it is it is it, it is doing a lot in you know uh, keeping the art the artist's work. Um, rather than, you know, having other people take it and use it as their own. And also, I know this additional thing that, you know, sometimes when you sell your art, you can't, you can't, you know, especially as an individual, if you're selling an art and not going through a gallery, um, you can't keep track of resale, right? Because you're depending on the person you're selling to, to come back and tell you that, hey, I've sold your art to somebody else, you know, triple the price. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So um, I think um, I think it, that that helps as well because if now that these um, you know platforms are tracking it, um, I think um, it's a great thing. Yeah, I mean the connections that the creator is able to build with their their collectors is huge, and I think related to that point is the fact that artists are able to connect with other artists very very quickly and collaborate on a lot of work. The collaboration in this space has been something that's been really, really special to see uh, from a personal perspective. I'm I'm curious, I don't recall seeing collaborations uh, shared on scent uh, with you and another artist, but is collaborations something that you have in mind? Are there any creators in the space that you would be, you would love to to work with uh, on a piece together with? I mean, there wasn't actually um, a, a couple of them were not actually. I don't know whether you call it collaboration or not, but there was um, a event for triptych creation, where you know one artist creates one panel and then you know picks we you pick up a topic right, and then one artist creates a panel and then a different artist creates a second panel and another artist a uh, yet another different artist creates third panel. So um, Maker's Place did have um, a event like that. And it was, it was very interesting because, you know, um, you look at another person's um, thought process and then you try to create something that actually sort of matches. 
but still is is different because you are creating it and it's your interpretation. Um, that seemed very interesting, but I, in in terms of my collaborating with another artist, again, you know, time is a big constraint for me. Um, if I have to collaborate, um, I have to give the time. I have to sort of, you know, it's restricted. But right now, when I do my own thing, I don't, I'm not restricted. I can do it today and then I can stay quiet for like three months and then I'll do another one. Or since now it's like everybody's at home and I don't have to rush around with the kids, I have enough time, so I'm creating now. But once the schools open, once I know we start going back to work, I probably will only create once in six months because I don't have the time. So uh, for me, collaboration is a little challenging in that respect. But yes, if I had the time, I would love to collaborate with some people. Not some people, quite a lot of people. <laughs> Are there any any particular artists that you'd like to shout out? Like. But, but I mean, hopefully this is not the case. Hopefully COVID-19 dissipates quickly and we can go back to our regular lives, but potentially folks could have to stay at home for, for much longer. If that's the case and you have more free time, like who are like the top three folks that you would hope to maybe try to collaborate with? Uh, let's see. Um, I really like Monfa's work, Monfa Cabrera. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like his work. Um, and um, I, I came across Giant Swan the other day. I didn't know. I didn't actually ask. Actually, I got his name from your podcast. Oh, really? Nice. Yes. Well, but he, he's amazing. He's so cool. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. But, you know, my collaboration with him probably is not going to work. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Giant Swan and... Um, Let's see, Gray Mask and Bert. Yes, Bert is a very interesting character. Can I say more or no? <laughs> Keep going. No, yeah, the, the more the better. <laughs> These shout outs are, it makes everyone feel so great to hear their name shouted out on shows like this. Uh, okay. Um, I, I already did a collaboration with Ruth Allen, you know, Tintin Bluebirds, but I really like her style, the way she creates things. It's, um, it's something I really like. It's very calming for me. Like I look at her pictures and I feel very calm. There is also um, oh, Omar Al-Sayed, then Greg Feud. I know Greg actually does not, I haven't seen his work much, but whatever he does, like little few pieces, they're amazing. I also like um, uh, this gentleman's work. He does it in uh, black and white. Mel Duarte? Mel Duarte, Mel Duarte. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mel Duarte shares a lot of, I mean, I don't, obviously very different from you, but somehow related. I think it's because of your profile image on Maker's Place somehow reminds me of like a Mel Duarte piece. <laughs> oh, yeah, because she does those round flowers, right? Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I, I like her. I like also Mari's work. Mari. I also like... Um, I think that's about it. <laughs> Is that it? <laughs> I have to search. I have to search because I look at their pictures and I, I really like and I follow them and then they don't post for a long time and I'm like, I completely forget their name. <laughs> it happens. Um, 
but and then well going from crypto art over to scent um it's been really awesome to see your posts populate my feed um very frequently obviously I know it's a function of COVID-19 keeping, keeping you at home and keeping you creating, which is awesome. Um, but I'm curious, how did you find Scent? What, what was that process like? How has it been being on Scent? And then is there anything that we can do to, to make your experience better? Um, actually, you know, Scent is one of those sites that I found it's very easy to post. Um, it is not, uh, it doesn't require a lot of uh, background work. Uh, but what I have noticed is that uh, I don't know whether it's uh, because of the reach. It's usually when I post something in general channel, I get a much more better response than I if I do it in a crypto art channel. Hmm. That is interesting. Yes, because usually the thing, the, the art that, I will, that I'll post in crypto art channel, I mean, hardly people, I, it looks like people don't even look at it probably. Um, but the general channel, I'll get a better response. And, you know, there are people who will look at it. There are people who will comment on it. Uh, it could be totally because I do understand because, um, you know, when I went, when I go through all the um, creations, the digital creations, uh, there is a style, right? There's a certain style that the digital artists follow. And I, I get the feeling, I don't know, it might be me, but I get the feeling that I am sort of straddling two worlds so I am like not of either, you know, I, because my style is more traditional and um, so I, I approach it the way I would approach a watercolor or oil painting, right? But most of these digital, actually, there's somebody who wrote a very good article today. Lazarus2571, I was about to bring that up to you. Yes, and he, I think he hit the nail right on the head. And I totally, you know, get it. Some, you know, if you read it, some people might take it negatively, saying that, oh, you're saying traditional artists cannot function the way the digital artists do. But I totally get what he means because when I came to the digital, when I start working with digital media, I know what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. Well, Indrani, it was it was awesome to to get to know you a little bit better and, and dig into your process and and how you you create your work. Before we go, uh, are there any uh, outside of your Maker's Place profile and sent profile? Are there any other places or channels or um, social media that you would like to shout out for people to follow you at? So, um, yeah, other than those two, I actually had applied for Known Origin. Um, but I think they are still like, I don't know, they are still in the process of uh, activating my account or I don't know, something's going on there. I, I followed up a couple of times and then I sort of let it go. It'll happen when it happens. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure they're, yeah, they're a very small team. I'm sure, you know, they're trying their best and they're stretched. So yeah, they can do it whenever they have time. That's not a big deal. I'll give them a little nudge. (laughs) (laughs) but anyway, it was it was a pleasure to be able to to speak with you. And well, please stay safe with your family. And well, and as long as you're you're at home and quarantined with your family, I hope that you keep creating uh, as much as you have been. It, it's been a real pleasure to be able to view your work. It's been a pleasure talking to you, and you know, pleasure you know um, being in this podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you. I'm I'm really honored that you chose to speak speak to me. Thank you. Thank you, Johnny. Have a great day. Thank you. Stay safe. You too. Yeah. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.
everybody, it's Matthew again, and I really hope that you enjoyed my conversation with Indrani as much as I did recording it. Over the next few weeks, we have some pretty exciting Scent Spotlights ready to drop. I just finished my recording with Hakatao, the top-selling crypto artist, or to be more precise, with Hakatao's authorized spokesperson, Eleonora Brizzi. We had a fascinating conversation and really, really dug deep into the work of Hakatao as well as what it means to be an art curator in modern day and the role of art curators will be heading forward into the future. It's a fascinating conversation. Next week, I'm set to speak with Sarah Zucker, aka the Sarah Art Show, the video crypto artist. So I'm very, very excited to get a chance to speak with her. And I hope that everyone's staying safe and sound. And until next time, sent on. Podcast. Podcast.